Hello, Tara. Hello. Thank you for agreeing to be on University Challenged. And we've been, well, speaking together for about five years on and off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it's funny how life works out, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we met when uh, I was organising all the speakers for Adobe and Women. And I put yeah. a post out on LinkedIn going, anybody know any great speakers? And, and you you were recommended. And there's a few other people that were recommended that I'm still in contact with today. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I've, I've really definitely kind of kept in contact with a lot of people that have come in and spoken. Yeah. See, I have been your guest and now you're going to be mine. <laughs> exactly. Um, so for the listeners today and the listeners to come, can you say what your name is and what the job is that you do today? Yes. And so my name is Tara Rule, and I'm a senior director at Adobe and I head up commercial strategy and operations. And really what that is, I'm working on the side of the business that is very creative. So all of our creative apps and all of our document cloud apps that we sell, that's the part of the business that I'm in, um, really across the, the worldwide selling to all of our businesses. So it's quite a creative, quite a fast paced company that I work in. And I'm there thinking, How do we run the business really efficiently, effectively? How do we motivate our people? How do we drive the business forward? So I basically get involved in everything, anything and everything. So it's uh, every day is different. (laughs) It sounds massive. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's not a small role. Operating at scale. Yes. Strategically. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, Okay. So that's where you are today. Mm-hmm. If we were to go back to when you were at secondary school, what are your memories of being at senior school? Mm. So my first memory is really around when I got to secondary school. So I live in an area where we have uh, now it's called the 11 plus. Yeah. Back then it was called the 12 plus, And it was yeah. really kind of an entry level examination that you do Mm. and you either pass or you don't and if you pass you go to a grammar school and if you don't you go to a secondary school and I didn't pass and actually I've done a lot of self-reflection and self-worth work around my kind of who I am and what drives me and Mm. the imposter syndrome that's kind of within me Um, and actually there's a lot of um history that goes back to go not feeling good enough Mm. and actually that sparks right from when all of my best friends passed and I didn't wow and so that actually 20 30 30 years later um I've realized has been a big kind of driving force kind of that's got me to where I am today and I've had to kind of have a bit of forgiveness on myself and the whole situation to go oh actually that was a big influence on my life um but at the same time I actually really enjoyed secondary school because I think I was one of those students kind of real in between if I'd have really pushed I could have passed and if I just sat back and relaxed I wouldn't kind of put in the effort you get the reward and actually because I was in a secondary school I was the top of most classes right and I know if I'd have gone to a grammar school I'd have had to work really, really hard. And I still probably would have been at the bottom, maybe got to the middle. So actually, although there's a big element of me, which is like, oh, hang on a second. Like I've been driven and motivated by that thing going, I don't think I'm good enough. And therefore I have to work even harder and do even more. And actually, 
I think secondary school really worked out for me um, because I was in with similar people and similar mindset and actually I did I did quite well in most of most of the classes not all of them but most Mm. of them and whereabouts in the country did you go to school yeah I live in Buckinghamshire I haven't moved far I've moved houses a few times but I'm only 20 20 minutes away from my family home (laughs) yeah so Buckinghamshire okay and did um where you went to school and where your friends went to school were they nearby were they were the schools close to each other about 15 20 minutes away so yeah separate but it's amazing how and my daughter's just started secondary school and it's amazing how you have a group of friends but it is really linked to you see them every day and actually when you move as much as you go oh yeah we'll stay in contact best friends before you know it you have a different group of friends you're seeing different people so yeah. yeah I definitely changed the group of friends that I had okay and was there um for your parents was there an expectation that you would go to the grammar school did they have any pre, pre- preconceptions about where you would yeah. end up or be? So I, I had two older brothers and neither of them went to the, to the grammar school and they got on really well so um actually the expectation was that I probably wouldn't either and it's okay. funny because now um, my mum sometimes goes, how did you get to where you are? Like, you didn't get it from us. My mum's a beauty therapist, my dad's a hairdresser, and they literally go, I don't know where you got it from, but you're doing quite uh, well for yourself, kid. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing all right. <laughs> and, and just um, out of interest, are your parents in business together? Because those are quite complementary industries. Uh, yes. So my dad used to um, used to have a couple of salons and then my yeah. mum, my mum worked there and helped. So, yeah, it was definitely kind of them together. Uh, right. OK. Yeah. Um, so what what exams did you sit? Were you a GCSE child? Yes. So GCSE and then A-levels. Yeah. So, yeah, GCSEs. I didn't I, I did quite well. I think I've got two A's, six B's and a C. Nice. Um, so I did I did quite well. And interestingly, I. Um, I was predicted a D for my mm. English. Right. And I remember my mum saying to me, you're not getting a D, you need to get a C. <laughs> you need a C and above, English and maths. Yeah. You're getting a tutor. And I was like, oh, what? Yeah. So I had a year of tutoring. Um, uh-huh. And I did, I, I upped my score and I got a C, so I passed. Yeah. And actually it's something that I talk about now because I am really... Um, motivated by understanding strengths yeah and actually how do we identify what our strengths are and how do we supercharge them yeah rather than focus on what are the things that we're not very good at and spend a load of time and energy focusing on that and the example I give is going actually when I was predicted a D I put in a whole effort I really did I had to work hard I didn't really enjoy it yes I upped my score but it was hard work yeah. But I was also predicted an A for maths and I loved maths at school. Yeah. And I reflect back and go, imagine if I'd have had a tutor for maths. I probably yeah. would have really enjoyed it. The time would have flown by and it wouldn't have taken that much effort to have gone from an A to an A star. Yeah. So when I talk to people about understanding your strengths, that's the kind of example that I give to go, what are your strengths and how do you supercharge them rather than things that you're not so good at and spend a lot of time beating yourself up over it and and trying to do it so yeah that's that's something that you know I invite all the listeners to think about as well going what what are your what are your strengths and how do you supercharge it 
Yeah, I love that. It's and you know, if there wasn't such a fixation on how you have to get a certain grade in two subjects, mm. um, and I think it's very much like the Montessori way, isn't it? It's kind of find the thing you're good at and yeah. do that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and invest exactly. but investing, I think that's fascinating that investing in the area that you're strong so you can really excel yeah is awesome yeah I hadn't thought about that before mm-hmm. yeah I'd be thinking oh what's the thing I need to fix yeah and how no do I... no yeah work, work on your strengths right so what a levels did you do I did art technology and maths yeah and now as we're being quite open um yeah. people normally ask what a levels did you do yeah I did maths yeah I didn't pass it but nobody um, ever asks you what A-levels yeah, did not, you pass? Yeah. They you, what A-levels did you do? I did maths. I'm not lying. I did maths. Ah. Yeah. I didn't pass it. Right. <laughs> um, and it was funny because um, the the school that I went to uh, mm. wasn't that academic. And there yeah. were only five of us that did maths A-level. Um, ah. And the other four, they were all guys, interestingly. They were all guys and they all did physics as well. And they right. found it so easy because the two subjects kind of really crossed the path. Um, yeah. And I'm sat there going, I breezed through GCSE. I got an A at GCSE. And then I came to A-level yeah. and went, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but the thing I also find kind of quite interesting when I reflect back is going, I also didn't really care because yeah. the part of the maths that I did was, if you throw a ball at a certain angle, at a certain speed, how mm. far away will it land? And I'd be like, oh, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care so again, about it. The, yeah, you know, I think I think things change when it went to going, and that and actually getting involved and doing things that you're passionate about is mm. really really important because otherwise you're not going to get motivated. You're not going to motivate yourself to really kind of put the effort in. And did you do art, technology, or art and technology? Yeah, art and technology. So there were two different subjects. So art right. was one, and technology was the other. But and what a that's... great connection to Adobe. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of just makes perfect sense, doesn't it? And especially the job that I do, because yeah. um, although I didn't go to university, later on I went to night school and did um, maths, uh, sorry, did accountancy. So I'm a qualified yeah. accountant. So the maths actually ties in as well. So my job is very yeah. commercial and also the creative side. So, yeah, it does it does play forward, even though I never thought it would do. Yeah. OK. A-levels. Um, what happened after it was university discussed or on the table something you thought about yeah it was it was definitely discussed and um I I had I don't know whether you call it a vision when you're 18 I had a dream that I wanted to work in London okay yeah that was it I want to work in London my parents like doing what I don't know I just I want to work in London And so when I came to thinking about A-levels, my parents said to me, please just apply. Apply for a university and you don't have to take it. You can defer it. But at least know that you've got that just in case this dream of working in London doesn't quite pan out how you expected. So I did. I applied for three universities. I got into them and I deferred one of them. And it was actually. Plymouth University to do a degree in tourism management just purely because I was like what do I enjoy well I I like going on holiday okay tourism management that was that was just kind of why um so I applied for university got accepted deferred 
And then I went out and went, right, I want to get a job in London. And (laughs) somebody, uh, one of my parents' friends, their daughter had just learned how to touch type in London. And so my parents went, why don't you do that? Because they're going, what are you going to do in London? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to get a job. Uh, I couldn't type. I, you know, I didn't necessarily have a career plan. So I yeah. thought, actually, if I'm going to get a job, an office job, it, I probably do need to learn to type. So I went yeah. to London. I did a two week touch typing course in Holborn. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea was I would spend two weeks traveling into London every day. So I would get a feel for do I like it? Does the commute yeah. work? Um, and I'd also learn a skill. So I learned yeah. how to touch type. And my um my first day I was literally there typing with one finger yeah I'd spend five minutes looking for a key kind of a bit like yeah. how my dad types now but um yeah. literally like slowly slowly pressing buttons and by the end of it I could touch type two weeks I yeah. could touch type and I think it was about 12 words a minute but it comes with practice so within yeah probably about a year I was at like 60 words a minute so I yeah. can touch type really really fast because it is once you've learned it it is you never forget it faster. yeah and um, but the the company that I did the touch typing through, they were linked to a recruitment agency. Was it Reed Employment? Me. Was it them? I don't think it was. I think it was kind of a small independent mm, rather okay. than a big yeah. chain. I don't remember it being a big, a big company. Um, so they got me a job. So I ended up being um, it was operations assistant yeah. for, for a cruise company. Oh, tourism. So, Yes, exactly. Yeah. So the tie was in there. So it was with a, a cruise company. They were called Orient Lines. Yeah. And they then got bought a few years later by Norwegian Cruise Line. So it was a very small company. And I was I was an office admin. Yeah. I wasn't um, I wasn't a PA or anything. It was just kind of office admin. And I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. And it was but it was funny because my boss, my first boss, um, he said to me at one time, he went, go to university. Mm. And I was like, what? And uh, yeah, he's basically said to me to go to university. And I'm like, hey, I am earning £12,000 a year. Why would I give that up? Yeah. Like, no, I am done. I'm like, I was yeah. earning money. The first yeah. year I started working, I went on holiday to Cuba. I was wow. like living living the absolute yeah. dream. So um, yeah, I, uh, I, I quite quickly kind of got into the working life in London and I guess that there's there's that isn't there it is that point of when you're saying well I'm earning a good enough income and I can go on holiday to an amazing place and I'm living in London you you have to really find something that you are desperate to study to go to uni at that point yeah yeah um did you move up within the ranks at the cruise company what happened from there yeah, so when I um, when I started working, it was probably within about a year mm. that September 11th happened. Right. And I was working for a cruise company. Most of the passengers that travelled with our company were American. And yeah. when September 11th happened, Americans literally, as on the whole, stopped yeah. flying. Yeah. So number of people going on cruises absolutely dropped and the department Mm. I worked in got made redundant Mm. and I it was actually then that my boss said to me you need to go to university Mm. I'm not going to university I'm like I'll figure something (laughs) out I'm not going to university Um, and the reason he said to me to go to university he said because otherwise you will 
start every single job, every single company at the bottom, and you will have to work and prove yourself to be able to work up. Mm. So it was quite an interesting kind of reflection, a kind of, you know, maybe a kind of a bias to go, actually, you've got to start at the bottom yeah. unless you have that qualification. Yeah. Um, but I was adamant. I was like, nope, nope, yeah. that is not the life that I want. I'd, I'd started earning money and I really liked yeah. it. The thing that he did say to me um, is he actually suggested that I get qualified as an accountant. So I had in part of my job, it started off kind of very office admin roles um but one of the things that I soon became responsible for was looking at the accounts so whenever the the cruise ship went to a port yeah the port owners would send us an invoice to go we refilled your water we stocked your food we took off suitcases we did all this and yeah and they basically would send us an invoice and it was my job to check the invoice to go, is that what they quoted? Is that what they've charged? Okay. And so I taught myself Excel. Yeah. I've never done a course on Excel or anything. I literally just like, I, I'll figure it out. I kind yeah. of had the mindset to go, if I want to do something yeah. in a spreadsheet, I bet somebody smarter than me has already created it, has already figured out a way. So I literally yeah. was like, how do I do this? I was like, I don't know whether it was Google. Probably wasn't Google at the time. How depressing is that? I was brand before Google. Just, but yeah. whatever the search engine was at the time, I'd be going, right, how do I do this? How do I all the help? So I yeah. literally would self-learn and I, I taught myself how to use Excel and I got quite good yeah. at it. I had the, the kind of the maths that I enjoyed. So yeah. he suggested that I um, move into finance and there was a finance assistant role that was, was going. And he said, but if you do it, go to night school and get qualified um and He's I was like desperate, you know wasn't he? Yeah. he was yeah yeah and I went you know what why not yeah why not so I actually did then spend three years at night school getting qualified um and I'm an ACCA qualified accountant so and, and I made yeah, a that note there that's that's kind of no mean feat it's not an easy mm-hmm. are you regulated when you're is that right if I got that right uh so I'm 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 a qualified accountant yeah Yeah. and it's it's funny because you're right it's not it's not easy it's not an easy thing to do no and I became quite passionate about it like Mm. I wanted to do it although it was his suggestion Mm. by then I was a grown-up yeah I think I was like 20 <laughs> so I wasn't that grown up actual grown up yeah I was actual grown up yeah and I decided I decided that I wanted to do it yeah. and I researched what I should do and I found a college to go to and and I and mm. I decided to do it in in my own time mm. and it was funny because I, I actually still lived at home with my parents at the time and I would be there studying. I'd study at the weekends. I would actually study on my commute. I had like an hour and a half commute each way. And I would spend the majority of that time studying. I'd be mm. writing up my notes. And that was my study time. And my mom actually commented and she went, I have never seen you study like this. Yeah. And it, when I was at school, I used to do the bare minimum. You know, if I had homework, I did it. I was quite a good student, but yeah. I never went over and above. Yeah. So I just did kind of what I needed to do, really, probably to scrape by. And my mum was like, this is the first time I've actually seen you put the effort in. And I, reflected, <laughs> and I thought, I think it's because I chose to do it rather yeah. than it just being the natural part. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think there was something, I think I'm quite a kind of strong, independent person. I think there's something about me going, oh no, if I make the choice, then I'm going to put everything into it. Yeah. And how do you go from becoming a qualified accountant to moving into the world of tech? How did you get your foot on the ladder at Adobe? Where did you start? (laughs) You have to start right at the bottom. (laughs) Yes, you do. So I think uh, I think the key thing for me was when I started at O2. So I was at O2 for 11 years. So I I was at the film company for a few, sorry, the cruise company for a few years. Then I worked at a film company. And then just as I got qualified, soon after I got qualified, I then started at O2. And I started at the bottom. Absolutely. I was a management accountant. I was looking after a certain area of the business. Um, And I think a few things worked in my favor. Um, The first being, I wanted to do a good job. So I had that desire. So I wanted to understand more about the business. I wanted to go, you know, not just go do the job because the computer says I should do it. I go, but why are we doing this? How are we doing it? So I kind of had that thirst for knowledge. Um, But I think also what happened is a few people took a risk on me. And instead of me going, oh, no, I couldn't possibly do that. Yeah. I kind of went all right then, and I stretched outside of my comfort zone time and time and time again. Yeah. And that's something that I, when I talk to people, I really implore them to go, how do you stretch outside your comfort zone? Yeah. And I actually remember I got a promotion once and I was just married. So it was about 12 years ago. Yeah. And I remember saying to my husband, I have reached the peak of my career. Hmm. I am done it's a really good promotion I'm now managing a team of three people this is it I am done yeah Yeah. um and soon after that um I had a baby within the year so I had my first daughter within the year and I was about to come back and I was thinking right I'm coming back I'm going to do the same finance job I really need a kind of an easy role to get back into it, to balance this new life that I've got. And I saw somebody that I used to work with, um, all internal, just and because um, I met up with my boss a couple of weeks before I was due to come back from maternity leave. I met up with my boss for lunch. And I saw somebody and he went, oh, are you back? <laughs> and I was like, I, in two weeks. And he went, oh, I want you to come and work for me in marketing. Right. Sorry, in marketing, and I'm looking at my boss, going, "Is this a joke? Like what?" And uh, he said, "No, you'd be amazing. I've got someone going on maternity leave, and I think you would be amazing. Come and head up trading for me in marketing." And they're going, <laughs> "What?" And I, he went, "Go and speak to so and so." So I went and spoke to somebody about the job, and I was so excited. And I still remember the moment walking out of the office, phoning my husband, and went, "I." just accepted a job in marketing and I've got a promotion (laughs) and I was going and I look and go there's a part of me that goes oh I was really lucky Mm. but actually they saw something in me because of how I worked how I showed up my enthusiasm that I was Mm. good at my job and went no we, we see it but the other thing that I kind of tried to give myself credit for was I decided to stretch completely out of my comfort zone 
I could have turned around and said, no, not right now. But I went, why not? Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. And I did decide if I didn't like it, I could always go back to finance. Mm. There wasn't a reality that I could see where I would do a really bad job and they'd go, actually, this hasn't worked out. You're now fired. Like that wouldn't happen. I had a good reputation back in finance. I was like, why not? Why yeah. not go for it? So I think that's something that I've definitely done is I've literally stretched myself out of my comfort zone time and time again. Um, and whether that's when I moved from finance to marketing, I moved from the business side over to consumer O2. And then after having been there for 11 years, I got approached about a job in Adobe. And again, I did the why not? Yeah, I'm going to stretch myself completely out of my comfort zone and go to a completely different company. And um, I remember that being, you know, getting the tap on the shoulder. I mean, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. How how did that come about? Or you've kind of what, what is it you think that people can do? Where, like you say, you had your boss who said, "I really encourage you to go for this accountancy," and then you've got O2, the person going, "Oh my god." I would love to have you on my team. And then you've got someone at Adobe saying, hello, yeah. <laughs> come over here. How, how, how do you think you can kind of give off that vibe that makes people go yeah. that one? Yeah. Um, so I think there's probably a couple of things. One is that a few years ago, a good few years ago, 10 years ago, I got really comfortable with my values mm. and I had a boss that really helped me figure out my values. And I actually came off the back of doing a job that really wasn't right for me. That made me go, oh, why yeah. is that not right? Oh, because it's clashing against my values. I didn't even know I had any values. What are my values? And then I was like, yeah. ah, that's why that job didn't work. But mm. I got really comfortable with my values and my values being at the time to have a decent work-life balance to feel like I'm adding value mm -hmm. and to be in a job where I am recognized for the work that I do yeah since then I've actually added one which is helping people be in a role where I can help people and the interesting thing with that is those those values I haven't got written down on a piece of paper mm. they're not something that I have to go oh what were those values again like I can tell you because I live and breathe and they are so true to me that yeah. I don't have to write them down to go, oh, yeah, what is it? Um, mm. So I got really, really clear on what is important to me. So I think I kind of have that confidence to go, no, if you know your values, you know who you are, mm. actually you put out kind of an energy about what you, what you stand for. Mm. And I think I also got really, I, grew, I have definitely grown in confidence over the years, so I've invested in my own development. So whether that's... Yeah reading the latest self-help book or going on courses. Like I love courses, whether it's kind of getting extra qualifications. I got qualified as a professional coach not that long ago. Mm. Um, I'm always looking at how I can develop myself. And I've been coached myself, which has actually been kind of a bit of a game changer for me thinking of, you know, really developing myself. Mm. But I've grown in confidence. And I think people can also sense that. Like when you're yeah, confident yeah. in yourself, then actually other people have more confidence in you yeah and um thinking about something you touched on there so 
you talked about well getting really good at the things that you're good at sort of accelerating that you know and highlighting your strengths and then the self-development and you know you did a career switch or took a promo when you just had your first daughter and um is there something in there about lots of people say I haven't got time I don't know how she does it (laughs) I don't know how you do it does that come down to picking things that are true to you being values led versus Mm -hmm. saying oh my god I've only got eight hours available for blah 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 you know how, how do you how do you approach that yeah I think there's there's a few things I think one is around um knowing knowing what you are good at and knowing your strengths and knowing what you enjoy because it's amazing how you find time for stuff that you are good at and that you do enjoy because I think time is a massive factor Mm -hmm. um I have this kind of expression that I use which is about finding your sticky toffee pudding (laughs) I I like the sound of this yes (laughs) tell me more let me explain um and actually I tell quite a few people about this so last night I went out with uh for dinner with, with some work people and I had sticky toffee pudding they went oh of course you can of course you can. yeah so um for me I can be out for dinner and I've yeah. had a starter a main a couple of cocktails and I'm yeah. full and then they go oh, I can't eat another thing yeah. and then they come over with the pudding menu the dessert menu yeah. and I go oh oh sticky toffee pudding oh, on then I can squeeze that in I'll always (laughs) find room for a sticky toffee pudding yeah and for me when I'm at work helping people is like that I can be up to my eyes in deadlines presentations meetings back to back someone knocks on my office door or somebody pings me and goes have you got five minutes I need some help yeah I'll always find space I'll always find room yeah so I really challenge people to go what's your sticky toffee pudding yeah. what's the thing that you'll find time for yeah. because you're right actually we've only got a certain amount of hours in the day yeah but if you can spend time doing the stuff that really lights you up that you're passionate yeah. about that brings you energy yeah. you're actually much more productive in the rest of the day as well yeah so it's not just in that half an hour or in that hour that you go yeah I've done something I've loved you kind of yeah. plan it for the rest of the day you kind of go oh yeah I'm, I'm good yeah. and you're, you're kind of increasing your productivity yeah so <laughs> I have my sticky toffee pudding yes. <laughs> exactly find it yeah. um, so I think that. that's yeah that's really important and I also talk a lot about prioritizing mm. and I think there's loads and loads of things that come into prioritizing whether it's kind of how you structure your to-do list or whether you think about what do you want to give 10 out of 10 to mm. so for me if I think um about even my kind of own personal development this year yeah I started during the Christmas holidays I wrote down everything that I could do should do want to do other people have suggested that I do and I wrote it all down yeah and there was a lot there and you kind of get to the point going I you can't do everything and I think that's really important to recognize none of us are superhuman yeah we can't do everything so we have to choose and we have to be intentional yeah. So when I wrote down everything that I wanted to do, I then went, right, what are the couple of things that I want to give 10 out of 10 to? Yeah. And choose, is it a 10 or is it a zero? Because life yeah. is far too short for a whole load of sevens. It's like, yeah. yeah. So actually yeah. choosing a couple to go right now, these are the couple of things that I want to give 10 out of 10 to. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the others you go, not right now. So there's a lot, I think, that comes within prioritizing, which isn't just about having your to-do list, but it's about where do you put your energy? What do you want to do? And I, again, I'd ask people listening to go, what, what are the things that you want to give 10 out of 10 to? Because really kind of focusing on those is important. And how does this fit with, you know, you work for an enormous organization, um, high profile, and your role is no doubt high profile within the organization. Yeah. How does, I think for some people, and certainly part of my corporate experience, going back a, a long time, was desperate to get into a corporate like that in the first place. But then, oh, you have to be a certain way while you're in there. But it appears to me that this is not the case for you. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's a p- big piece about being genuine. Mm. Um, and I decided a long time ago that I'm one person. And whoever I'm with sees that one version. Mm. So there are, I kind of see there are three sides of me. There's the professional me, Mm. big job, big corporate career side of me. Um, And I I love my job. I've I've worked over the years to figure out what I'm good at and what I'm liking and spending as much time and energy doing that and kind of creating jobs around me that mean that I can really, really enjoy my job. I then have the second part of me. So that's a professional me. Then I have the the coach and the mentor. So I have mentored people for 10, 11 years now. And I've absolutely loved it. A few years ago, got qualified as a professional coach. So I now coach people rather than mentor people. And actually in big corporates, you do have the benefit of people going, hey, I'm looking for a mentor. I'm looking for a coach and being able to do that internally, which is fantastic. And then I have the third version of me, which is the mum. I've got yeah. two lovely kids, a fantastic husband. So I've got the family side of me as well. But actually, I'm me. I'm one person. Mm. I'm not only the professional person. I'm not only the mum. I'm not only the coach. It's, it's all elements. And one thing that's kind of just came to mind when you're talking about yeah, being slightly different to the normal kind of uh, corporate person is mm. at the beginning of lockdown, my husband and I both working full time and two yeah. young kids homeschooling yeah but we never have to go back into that for that long a period of time ever again and it was really difficult and one of the things that I decided was that whenever my kids came in to the Mm. room I would leave my video on okay rather because I feel like there there is a I don't know whether the word is a sense of duty but Mm. there is something about being a role model as a senior woman in a big tech company yeah. There is that responsibility of being a role model. And I know no people look to me. And I thought, I'm me. Hmm. I am a mum. I am juggling just like a lot of people in our company were having to juggle homeschooling. So whenever my kids came in, I was like, hey, I'm, I go on mute so that they don't interrupt, but yeah. kept my camera on and they come and they sit on my lap and, you know, yeah we do whatever I've had them sat on my lap doing homework because I've had to pay attention to a call at the same time and yeah and choosing to be me yeah rather than going mute camera hang on a second I only want people to see the professional yeah. version of me yeah and you still performing 
and you're still great at your job it's yeah and I think you're right seeing that role model behavior mm. is healthy and necessary for people because you can <laughs> tie yourself up in some horrible knots if you Absolutely. think I must only be this at all times um yeah. which was a misconception that I had and I mm. think and you know this goes back culturally to you know 10 years ago maybe and things have changed since then and I think seeing people in leadership positions going well this this is life (laughs) yes absolutely and it's amazing when I coach people about how often it comes up around people going well I got told by a boss years ago that I should never bring my personal life into my work Mm. I should put on this minute I'm like oh god really who who's still saying this no um but yes it's definitely uh, the thought process for a lot of people which which is a shame and um do you uh the coaching qualification that you took is it in a specific type of coaching so it's not I got qualified at Henley Business School and one of the reasons why I liked it is because you learn I learned lots of different tools and techniques Mm -hmm. so rather than going here's the one thing that we do they go hey we're going to teach you 15 different types of coaching Mm -hmm. so that actually you can practice them and you can see what's right for you and I'm definitely a hybrid of a few different things I've kind of learned from it. Um, yeah. So it's professional, yeah, professional coaching. So it yeah. is really helping people figure out how they, for me, I, I've kind of moved it into how do I help people grow in confidence yeah. um, and take control of their careers, really. Yeah. And it's amazing when I speak to people how so many things come back to confidence even though it might not start there. So it may well be a piece about, I want to be better at public speaking. Mm. That will be driven by confidence. It might be about the promotion. Again, there'll be a confidence. So there's an element, I think, with a lot of different pieces, which really, if we can grow in confidence, like I said to you earlier about part of how I've moved is because I got got comfortable with myself and got, grew in confidence. so yeah, being able to make an impact and being able to help people figure out A, what they want, yeah, B, how they get there, and C, actually the kind of tangible things that they can do to change their mindset to go, yeah, I can achieve this, I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Finding their sticky toffee pudding. <laughs> That's gonna just be with me. That is well and truly embedded. Yeah. Um, how does your experience so you've gone through uh, when you're continuing to go on a learning journey but thinking about your children how does your Mm. experience inform how you might speak to your children or guide them when it comes to deciding what route they want to take after school yeah so um I love the fact that me and my husband although we're very similar we have very similar morals and and values and family mindset from a schooling point of view we're we're quite different so he passed his 12 plus I didn't he went to university I didn't and we've both been successful in our careers so I quite like the fact to go there is no rule book yeah there is no rule book and actually it's for us to figure out and create our own rule books and it's not about one person saying this is how you do it 
And that's probably the bit that I love most about coaching is because it's not for me to go, let me tell you how you can get a better work-life balance, for example. But I help people go, okay, so what does a better work-life balance look like for you? Yeah. What are you already doing well? What could you do differently? Yeah. What do you want to do differently and how do you do it differently? So getting, there is no rule book. And I think similar with my kids going, figure out what you're good at, do what you enjoy, grow in confidence. And actually what will be, will be. It doesn't yeah. matter about so much of whether you pass or whether you don't, whether you go to university or whether you don't. Yeah. And I think how, get, helping them have that inner confidence. Is yeah. And, and I think that is, and that's the crucial piece. I think when all the things that they will be bombarded with when they're at secondary school and what they're, what the suggestions of what to do next or what yeah. the options might be, it does come down to that inner, okay, I, I've heard the facts mm-hmm. or the ideas and now I'm going to make a choice which yeah. I feel confident and comfortable with um, yeah. you know I'm desperate for you to write the rule book though because <laughs> you have to come on so I've actually I actually recently bought the web domain um yourrulebook.com yeah. like yeah. I bought it there's nothing on it I haven't created anything I'm like oh yeah I like that I like yeah. that so not yet yeah nothing on there yet yet. but yeah I mean it's just it's such a gift isn't it (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's your rule book um and what has held you in good stead then you've kind of got all these things that have well happened from that like you say you didn't pass the 12 plus but actually you said that's been the making of you in some ways because it's given you that drive you've become a qualified accountant which you still are today you've um you got your corporate career um which is still you know growing and doing amazing things there you've got your coaching qualification and you're supporting and mentoring people within and outside of the business yeah what is it that has kind of you know been your yep this is my go-to and this is what I can fall back on to help me in any given situation um I think it is about having an overarching goal. Mm. And to me, my goal is to be happy. Yeah. So actually, it's not about a salary or a job title or a position or a company. It's about being happy Mm. and working on myself and developing and thinking and reflecting and it's amazing how many people don't sit and reflect yeah about being happy and for me I've even thought about how even even this year I've kind of figured out my goals for this year is about developing myself Mm. um growing the coaching that I do Mm. and creating fun memories with my friends and family and they're effectively the three pillars of my goal for this year. Yeah. Because it is about having fun along the way and being happy. Yeah. Um, so I think that's kind of my fallback to go, does this make me happy? Does this bring me joy? And I find it really sad when some people go, oh, I hate, I hate my job. I'm just yeah. doing it. It's like, oh my God, would you please change your job? Because you're yeah. far too long doing it. So, and I do believe, you know, if we 
spend time thinking about what excites us, what we want to prioritize, what we want to do, where we want to spend our energy, where we want to spend our time. Before you know it, you kind of you create that upward cycle, that upward momentum yeah. of positivity. And I'm actually this year, later on this year, I'm I'm doing a certification in positive psychology because I'm there going, I'm I'm a very positive person and I see yeah. I see that going, oh God, how how can I help people, people more? Yeah. Um, and I recently actually started a, a Facebook group, um, which is for busy working mums. Yeah. Because the question I get asked most is, how do you do it all? Yeah. So I've started a Facebook group going, it's called Busy to Balanced, to give people tips and the tools and the challenge them and ask questions to go, well, how do you prioritize? How do you spend your energy? How do you do it? And, and giving my kind of my top takeaways there. That's great because I think you're not um, keeping it within just the corporate sphere and something yeah. that I benefited from enormously in all my years in corporate was some of the, the training and soft skills development was phenomenal and yeah. I think to see some of that like you say you've got all this stuff going on it's fantastic but you're not hoarding your happiness to yourself no. right? and yeah I like that that you're spreading it beyond your yeah immediate um circle yeah exactly yeah so how can people um find out more if they want to find out more yes yeah, so if they do so i've got a um a facebook group it's called busy to balance with tara rule so you can find me kind of quite easily there i've also got instagram which is tara rule coaching yeah. um, and i'm also on linkedin as well so they're the kind of three different means that people can kind of find out a bit more about me and connect with me. I, I post on quite a regular basis, but really it is with the intent of helping people because that's my sticky toffee pudding. That's what I love doing. It's amazing. Some people go, how do you, how do you like find the time to now like yeah. create content? And I'm going, oh, I find it really easy because I enjoy it. it. It's definitely my kind of my go-to. So that yeah. I'm absolutely loving at the moment. Always got room for it. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, just put it here, put it on my plate. I'll take that. Yeah. Exactly. With a bit of extra treacle sauce on top. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're good. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Um, <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, I'll put all the links in the uh, show notes. It sounds a professional fantastic. thing to say. Apparently we have show notes. And um, <laughs> just huge thank- thanks, Tara, because it feels like I've had a mini coaching session oh good thank you I've really enjoyed it it's been good to good to reflect a little bit I think lovely it's been nice.